Hey everybody, this is Steve. And this is Parnell. <laughs> and welcome back to Flipping and Mashing. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, so the, I guess one of the subjects we wanted to talk about was this uh, concept that I've been kind of mulling over playing a lot of the games that I've been playing recently, which is what the heck is happening to couch co-op? Because I want to play maybe games with my kids or I want to play with my my partner. And it's very difficult nowadays to find anything to do with couch co-op. What, what's your feel on that, Parnell? So I've always been a huge proponent of couch co-op because growing up, um, I loved playing couch co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't have internet play until late, mid to late nineties with like dial up modems on the PC. So I'd play like Warcraft one and two and Starcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you could play like you versus other humans, I didn't, even in Diablo, I like to play co-op. So like me and a buddy would run around in Diablo or we would, me and my buddy would join up in Starcraft and fight a bunch of bots. And it, it was just a lot of fun playing co-op. Resident Evil didn't have co-op, but that would have been nice. Uh, that game was scary. I'm trying to think of games like back in the day day. Like Altered Beast would be a good one for Sega Genesis, like old school. But uh, but Halo was the huge story mode co-op yeah. that I remember sitting down with a buddy. We did Halo 1, 2, 3, like co-op, just blew through it. Um, And then Gears of War was another huge one. Mm-hmm. I like co-op. I don't always have friends uh, with me anymore, you know, because our, our you're a family guy too. Like, it's really hard to have friends over all the time. But that's why I <clears throat> like the new Streets of Rage Four. It was online co-op, and I was super excited about that and Minecraft Dungeons. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's because my, I'm more of like a Nintendo person now, just because the play style that I get allowed time-wise. I'm more into the fun, short time frames of things. So I get like 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there where I feel the big games like Halo, Gears, and Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. They're like these, like, you need hours. Nintendo games, or I guess maybe the stuff more on Switch seems to have more co-op-y stuff. Sure. Potentially. But yeah, I know you have an agenda you're trying to push. Me? Yeah. Well. Aren't you raging? Don't you have no. anger? Just no, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, there's no rage here. I, I, I'm not uh, real. I'm not real upset about it, but I, I guess I'm very disappointed if if you'll say that because just watching games, for instance, like Halo, that remove it, or games that even still have it, but just do such a piss poor job now of uh, f- doing it. So, for instance, uh, I played. Uh, couch co-op with the gears of war games ever since they first came out Uh, my brother and i would play them together or maybe just myself and some friends i remember back in the day when uh, i ran a a video game controller company me and a lot of the guys who worked there we would always get together and just all play uh gears of war and was Um, that was that only co-op or could you do because your your squad was like four or six people right like could you play multiple xboxes linked up you like can do so both. Have... Okay. Yeah. Because this is kind of like uh, Halo, where you could have maybe two players on one screen, but still being able to play against other people on other uh, screens. So that's how we would do it back in the day is we would just split it into two bars. I don't know if it was even having the ability to split into four bars. 
at that point you're getting really small and it is really difficult to see some of those uh small little areas i mean back in the day it didn't matter because that was just what you had to deal with yeah it's all we knew right but as we evolved and you know things changed uh having the the screen split in half was about as good as you wanted it chopped down any more than that you're losing a lot of real estate so you you remember playing four player on nintendo 64 (laughs) totally totally yeah Yeah, those those screens were so small they were so tiny and we would do it a lot but yeah you would lose so much information or your screen would get so cluttered with like the the ui and stuff like that you were yeah it was pretty gross once you got that small but at the same time uh just normal split screen that was pretty good and we did still have a lot of fun doing four player on on one screen i I remember having a a blast playing goldeneye forever you know playing four player and stuff like that with my friends oh dude we you know we we would make the like the cardboard cross and no 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 looking i mean that was half half the fun was just the experience of making up excuses that it was too small and you were looking and like that right like the 64 and dreamcast are like these two giant consoles i think because of how much fun and nostalgia that it brought to that that group play i guess gamecube too that was four player mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um oh i was gonna say the new gears five uh so does... i have not bought it but you i think you did because you're a big gears fan right I am a big Gears fan, but I didn't have to buy it. They they have it available for free uh, on you did yeah. your little shenanigans. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. They have it for free on uh, the Game Pass, so I can just download it and delete it whenever I want. Just like if uh, if I wanted to watch a movie on Netflix, so I uh, downloaded it and I played it the other night. And I had in my mind how you would go into a game. You just pull up a game mode, push start on both controllers, and voila, you're in. Well, that wait, is... wait, wait, okay. So normally, from my memory, because I haven't touched the two or three new Gears games. Mm-hmm. So like normally on Xbox, you would go to a almost like a pre-loading page of like you pick your character so that you would yeah. load a controller in and that'd be mm-hmm. that player. Mm-hmm. You pick, I, I think Switch does that with Mario Kart. Like that's pretty common, I think. Yeah. It's, so it's this is common. different. It's, it's stupid is what it is so what happens is if you try to uh pull up a mode let's say you want to pull you want to play horde mode that's a big mode in uh gears of war if you are attempting to do it for the first time ever it cannot be done um you have to stop what you're doing back out go to uh campaign then from there, like after you like push okay a couple times and you're about ready to actually start the campaign, from there you push uh start on a second controller. And then that like acknowledges for the first time ever that a second player is even playing this game. And then if you back out and go to a different mode like horde mode or multiplayer or something like that, then it actually recognizes that there is a second controller even uh available. And uh, there's forms online all dedicated to this because uh, you're staring at the screen like there's got to be an option. There's got to be some button somewhere or something in the settings, and there's not. It does not recognize or does not even give you the option to add a second player in any other player in any other play mode besides campaign. 
until you do that for the very first time, then it acknowledges it for any other game mode. And wait, 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 wait. So to do any co-op-y stuff, mm-hmm. you have to go through campaign first. Yes, and then back out. That is, how does that make any user experience sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. The it only is. way it makes sense in my mind is that if you were going to force the um, campaign as like you have to beat this before you even play sure. any part of the game. Sure. But it sounds like you don't have to do that. So like, why would they force you to go to campaign, join a you know, link up the multiple controllers, and then back out and then be ready? Like, hasn't Gears of War five been out for like months? Like, it's not. It didn't come out it's last been- week, did it? No, it's been out for a very, very long time. Yeah, I, I can't even remember how many months ago it came out, but it's been out for a very long time. So this has been something that has been happening since the very beginning. And they apparently have never thought that it was worth patching or oh my. never thought that it was even a problem. Steve, it came out in September 6th of 2019. Wow. So almost a year ago. So did this just have like such a mediocre release? Because the reviews are pretty meh. Well, you know what? That's how I feel about the game. So me playing the game mm-hmm. is it's kind of a meh game. It's not a game to get all jacked and excited about. It's and it's was just it made average. by the same studio? Kind of. It's not made by the same creator. So wow. Cliff Lazinski, yeah he has stopped making Gears of War games. So uh, I don't know how many of the coders or how many of the writers or how many of, you know, different people who worked on the old games are still around. As far as I know, there's very little staff associated with what was and what is now. I was looking forward to the new Gears of War book. There was supposed to be a new book that was dropping. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if it was supposed to be tied in with this new game or what. Yeah. They're, they're definitely tied directly into each other. Uh, they are definitely two different storylines within the same universe, using a lot of the same characters of the old trilogy and like the old books, but you can read them separately. Totally. Like if you, if you weren't a fan of the old stuff or if you don't know anything about the old stuff, this new set of games and these new set of books they're not using the same writers they're not using the same storylines really they're just kind of um well i guess they're using the same storylines but it just takes place so much later like 30 years later that it is very disattached from the the first trilogy yeah i just clicked on the book um i have maybe one or two books left from karen travis of the gear series mm-hmm. and um this new gears book is made by Jason Hoff or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's totally different. Um, I don't know what the, uh, the, all oh, the book is out. Mm-hmm. For some reason I thought it wasn't released yet. Um, I have not heard anything about the book. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's weird, if the writing style is similar or if people like it or don't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to believe that the writing style is a lot different because I feel like Karen Travis has a very unique writing style. So I, I would assume it's quite a bit different. Well, and my thing was I didn't know if they were going to try to write like her so that the books feel like all one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and I don't know. And 
I think one of the reasons why they decided to start the series so much later was so that they did not have to worry about trying to uh, interwind with the old games. They can kind of let the old games be and let the old storylines be still reference some of the older characters and even have them in, uh, at least they had them in uh, Gears of War 4. But when Gears of War 5 has come around, they've really moved on a lot from some of the older characters. They kind of brought in the older characters to kind of, I think, bridge that gap over to their new characters. But they... uh, I'd say, like, if they want to continue the franchise, this Uh is the way to do it, where you, you phase them out and bring in the new cast. Um, but I really think that the people fell in love with that original one, like that special sauce they had. And I don't know if they're hitting all the same special sauce ingredients on this next, um, game slash book. And so I don't, from the reviews I've heard, it was just kind of, yeah, it it wasn't it, a banger. That's how I personally feel about the game. Is that uh, it's it's okay. It's not a bad game. I'm not I'm not going to call it a bad game. I just I'm not excited about it. Uh, I don't ever plan on really finishing Gears of War Five. I started the story, uh, and then I didn't deliberately stop it, but I just never picked it up again. And I I I can't will myself to do it. But so are you not going to beat the game? I don't think so. I don't plan on ever beating the game. Do you not like it because it's different characters or is it just not? Yeah, it really does have a lot to do with the fact that it's it's different characters. I was attached to those older characters and these newer ones. I'm not saying that the writing is necessarily worse or anything like that, because I I do think that the writing is pretty good. I just uh, the story doesn't excite me or or I don't really care about getting invested in these new characters' lives, whereas I was already invested in the other characters' lives, and I already liked that other series a lot. And I just, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't dissuade people from trying it out, because it probably, you probably could love it a lot. But it's just not uh, for me right now, at least in, you know, in this moment, it's not for me. What about the gameplay? Does it feel like a enhanced Gears of War game? No. It, uh... It doesn't feel a whole lot different from any Gears of War game of old. If you like the old Gears of War games, this is the exact same thing. It feels the same way. It feels just as chunky and just as slow. And I think that might be one of the reasons why I don't really care for the game anymore. Is because I think back in that time era, when I was playing it, it felt cool. It felt unique. Because it was unique. But I think now games have become so fluid and 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 fast that it feels like a game from a different era and if i'm going to play that game from a different era then i'm like mentally in that but i i think i feel like it should have evolved more and it it never did it's the exact same gameplay and i understand why they did it because it's the same game i mean it's the it's the same series this you came here to play gears of war this is how gears of war plays hmm. but uh no, I, I, I wouldn't say it's it has not evolved. It's definitely not evolved at all. So what about the Gears of War tactics? Do you think you'll try that game? I might. I might try it. 
Um, if it if they make it available for free on Game Pass, I will probably for sure. And I don't know if it is or is not. Um, I heard is oh, what is it like? Is it uh, kind of like you move your character and then the, then the other team gets to move their characters? Is it is that kind of how it works? It's either that, yeah. I don't know if they. I forgot if they call that real time strategy or if, um, yeah. if that's like StarCraft and then like Jagged Alliance or the Rabbit's Kingdom game on Switch, that's where, yeah, you get the X moves, like XCOM. Right. You get you get like a move, an action, and then you're done. And then you right. wait. And uh, I think that's interesting. I think that it uh, that it's never really been my style of game again, but uh, I'm interested in it. I would like to see it at least. And then maybe, uh, again, if it's free, I would, I'd try it out for an afternoon at least. It was kind of like Halo Wars. Is that the the mm-hmm. RTS version of Halo? Well, H- Halo Wars is a lot different. Halo Wars is is smooth. Like you build up your little town, you and you create. Uh, but it's but it's that it's a totally different. Like it's a top down. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's just what I meant. Was like yeah, it's a totally different offshoot, and it was kind of fun though. Right. Yeah, it's a completely different game from anything that has to do with Star uh Halo. It's just in the same universe. And uh, if you like those characters or if you like the style of like art and stuff like that, it's right up your alley. But um it's a completely different game from a first-person shooter to a strategy game. It's not even close. Can I complain about something? Totally, go ahead. Okay, so I found the book I think I was talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a Gears of War Bloodlines. It released April 21st, 2020, and it is the new author, Jason Hoff. And then I'm on, I'm on Amazon, right? So like he, this is, that was his second Gears of War book. Okay. And it's got good reviews, Ascendance and this one. But then I see like another one called Gears of War Hive Busters. Hmm. So I click that, and that is a Curtis Weeby. And that comes out in August. And um, it's like, it must be a story about a different group of people off on a remote island. And then they have another book called Gears of War Retrospective. But this might be just about the game. Yeah, this is more about the game. Um, But this is by The Coalition. So this this might actually be from the gears team but hmm. it's just it's almost like they're letting too many people get involved and make there's too many not timelines but it's almost like too many different ways of writing like so that you would be confusing casual fans because there's so many different it's like the last trilogy of star wars like you have different directors on every movie and it's like why does this feel so weird? Sure. Well, hopefully like you're that's not, the consistency. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. I mean, I would feel like most franchises in the past have been very good. And it doesn't matter who is writing the games or who is writing the books. We have an overarching theme. We have an overarching battle plan. You are going to be writing that story. But this is what's going to be happening in it. You know what I mean? And this is how the characters feel. This is, you know, the, uh, the way that they behave. So you're not going really too far out of the lines. And they should 
feel similar no matter who is writing it. But as you just alluded to, there are recently a lot of examples of when you add different directors or different writers into a franchise, they want to uh, prove that they are unique and they fuck up the whole entire franchise as a result. Yeah, but I feel like Gears had like such a good uh, like story behind it that they mm-hmm. could have kept similar to Star Wars. They could have kept like a really strong hold and they had a really good like the first three games and books had a really good uh consistent story and no one was confused but i mean they missed out like didn't gears war 4 take forever or there was like a gears in between that and they kind of like this cliffy left or whatever and then all of a sudden it kind of started falling apart yeah um, yeah, there was a very large gap in between uh, three and four. There was a smaller game in there that was a prequel, but uh, it didn't sell necessarily a whole lot because people knew that it was a prequel and they knew it wasn't necessarily valuable to the storyline. So they just kind of they didn't invest in it. I-, I played it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that the they had added a lot to the horde modes and stuff, but um, it. It didn't. It didn't sell a lot. It didn't make them a lot of money. I enjoyed it. Thought it was pretty good. But this is nuts because, like, that brand had so much. Do you remember when we were in the video game industry during yeah. the gears? I mean, it yeah. was insane. Yeah, they could. They could have had movies and all sorts of stuff. They could have. They should have. And um, it, and I agree. I think they should have. And and some franchises do that, and they like pour themselves out and then it just goes downhill even faster. So it's interesting. I think, but, but I think gears of war did a fantastic job about making the storyline and making you vested into these characters where some mm-hmm. games just, just throw it out there and, and then you don't really care. It's just, well, it's a fun game and it's right. like call of duty. No one's vested into the story that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anybody's name. Is, is the storyline single player fun? Yeah, it's enjoyable, but I have no mm-hmm. idea who's who. Mm-hmm. But like you, you better remember Santiago and Dominic and like all the main right. characters and Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were a dominating franchise in that period of time in like the the 360 era. Them and Halo were pretty much just running away with at least the Xbox crowd. But mm-hmm. just yeah, in general, they were a huge deal in the the gaming world. And they they could have like me... you said. Go ahead. Uh, it's just, it makes me sad I didn't read the books while I played the games because it would have mm-hmm. made me so much hardcore more of a fan of those games. Sure, sure. that makes sense. It makes I a lot of went, sense. I would have went hard on Xbox if um, if I would have read the books with it because um, reading them now, it's like it's so fun to be able to read and be like, oh, I remember some of these things or this character mm-hmm. or, oh, I didn't know the backstory of that person. That's interesting. Right. We were talking about co-op. Like so right. so you're disappointed in how hard it is to play co-op in Gears 5. Yeah, I th- I think they did a, just a terrible job with that. But um we're we're both flabbergasted at how it's been out for over 6 months and there has been no fix. So right. this is going to be the way it's going to be. Totally. Totally. And they so just, they have it set up the way it's going to be forever and they don't care. 
No, and the scary part is, is this going to be the new trend? So that's what I kind of wanted to discuss uh, in this podcast was I, there are games uh, who are trending that way. At the same time, there are a lot of other good games. It's just a much smaller group, and it's usually um, games that are made for families that are still co-op. For instance, uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons is a more family-friendly version of like Diablo. And uh, that is a couch co-op game. To play... uh, to play with my son regular Minecraft, I have to uh, have him on the Xbox while uh, we do cross-play over to the Nintendo Switch. And then I sit on the couch next to him and I play on the Nintendo Switch, like holding it in my hands. It's a much more complicated scenario to, to, you know, than just having both of us on the same screen. Hmm. Um, speaking of Minecraft Dungeons... I bought it for Switch. That's my new primary console. Oh, did you? Um, I have played it single player uh, for a handful of dungeons now, and I'm having some. Sometimes that sometimes the levels are just too big, mm. um, and I forget that I can just pause the game and sleep the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I've played offline by myself, and I was kind of hoping that the crossplay patch would come out sometime soon, so mm-hmm. that me and you could play. Mm-hmm. But it, it hasn't. Nothing's been announced. Um, I, yeah, I know and, they're they're really slow rolling that. Like it makes me want to just buy it on the Nintendo so that I can play with you. Yeah, and um, I enjoy it, but I can definitely see where having more than one person, like having a team, would make mm-hmm. the game make the level a lot easier. Some sometimes it's just it's overwhelming, which. I don't understand where all these reviews said it was too easy. Like it's a, it can get pretty difficult by yourself. I think that like the first two levels, you can say it's too easy. And I was nervous when I played those first two levels that it was going to be a boring game because of how easy it was. But you're absolutely right. It has a sharp learning curve after that, and it starts climbing, and they start sending waves of huge groups at you, yeah. and you're like, "Holy smokes! How's anyone supposed to make it to this level?" Sometimes, but yeah, uh, and especially they have like, I don't know if you'd call them like a secret dungeon, where this is maybe not secret, but like it's almost like this is a looting dungeon, and it's a little extra hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of treasure chests. Like, yeah, it it can get hard, and maybe I don't use some specials. Like, I forget about them, but um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's a great game if you like Diablo and you, and you, maybe either you're done playing Diablo or you um, want to try something different. I'm surprised Torchlight 2 isn't released for the Switch if it hasn't been already. Let's look. I think it actually did. Yeah. It did. Okay, so Torchlight 2 is also a huge game that came out with Diablo 2. Um, it's also more of a... It's not as dark and serious as Diablo, and you still have a pet that runs back. In um, Minecraft, I just got my pets. I don't understand them. I haven't played with them yet. I just, you know, in your home base little land. Sure. At your camp. 
I have yeah. them. There's like a bird and a dog. And I'm like, why do I have two? Like, I, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. So what it is, is they are like powers and you get to like call them just like as if you were to like have um, like the firework arrows or, or different stuff like that, where you'd normally be using those powers. Well, your pets are taking up power slots. You got three power slots and you can have like a llama or a, a wolf or there's some armors that uh, they come with like a little bat and stuff like that. So there's different. And those ones are free. Like if you have an armor that comes with an animal, that's different. But uh, ordinarily, like if you have like a llama that's like spits at enemies and stuff like that, <laughs> those uh, take up a power slot. Oh, I mm-hmm. see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes because the world is Minecraft looking, it's not detailed. Sure. Sometimes you, um, how do you put that? Like, I don't know where I can climb up and climb down without getting hurt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been a huge deal. Um, but that's one weird, if you want, like, I like to like go around the edge of every map to try to get every collectible treasure chest. And sometimes like there's like water depths and you can't see. And all of a sudden you're like stuck. But it hasn't been a huge deal, right? Yeah, that's uh, how we play it as well. And I, I normally play it with uh, with my partner. We, we stream to Twitch. Uh, for those who actually want to watch the stream, it uh, just search for Stevo and Madcat. That's our Twitch handle. Like we stream pretty often, but like otherwise, I play with my my son as well. And uh, that's how me, and my partner, how we. Uh, play we want to get all, all the different corners whereas if I'm playing with my son it's just get to, to the level whatever it takes to get to the level <laughs> if if they ever enable this cross play like I'm surprised they haven't even given a release date like hey we're going to have it we're going to try to have it by 2021 so then right. at least I'm not sitting here waiting for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like every day I search you know where's Minecraft Dungeons cross play right. um what when that drops though or if you get it we'll have to have three player i guess on the twitch yep yep definitely i think that uh it's a really good couch co-op game i'm really liking it a lot i think a lot of other people are, are enjoying it a lot i think people are doing this more than they are diablo like if you're playing diablo you're playing it uh, by yourself Whereas this, I'm seeing a lot more people play at couch co-op. I think it's funny that uh, that we kind of see like maybe it's and maybe it's like the consoles like our P- PS One or I'm sorry PS One PlayStation and Xbox are their main games going single player slash online only, and then maybe oh. Nintendo Switch is kind of trying to keep the co-op fun. That's how it feels to me. That's really how it feels. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's also interesting that um, PlayStation and Xbox, it feels like they are just giving up on making family-friendly games, and they're just allowing Nintendo to just take over that entire uh, realm and just have a monopoly on the situation. Hmm. I almost feel like they've done their market research. They think that, you know, the 30 to 40 year old males are where it's at 
or maybe it's even 20 to 40. And they're just, all they're doing is trying to make giant blockbuster selling games for that group. That's it. That's that's like their focus. That's how it feels to me as well. And you know what? You're probably dead on. That's probably exactly what it is. You probably did market research, realized what is actually making them money, what's a waste of time to make. And uh, they have just either reluctantly or willingly just let Nintendo take over that entire market. And that's the thing is like you keep seeing and it's not it's kind of like the one percent, but like Fortnite. It's a free game and it blew up. Yep. And that yep. and I wouldn't say it's family friendly, but um now you have all these copiers. Well I guess they copied PUBG, but like everybody's coming up with a battle royale. But they still like they're not striking gold, but they're probably making okay money. Yeah, I mean like uh, Apex Legends, they're making plenty of money and uh PUBG is still making money. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's a good handful of new... Oh, uh, uh, Warzone that, that came yeah, out. Yeah, new Call of Duty. Yep, that's making a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of people playing a lot of these new battlefields, not battlefields, uh, battle royales, and they are all trying to cash in on what uh, Fortnite has uh, evolved being. But it's almost like no one's really been creative. Everybody's trying to play it safe. Like, what's the most safest way to make money? And it's either take a franchise like Call of Duty and try to make it another blockbuster. But I think they've kind of burned those bridges down, right? Like, they kept going big and big, and all of a sudden their sales started falling off because the games just got too weird. Um, And then they're like, maybe we should make a game for free, and people can pay for little things. And all of a sudden they're going to be like Fortnite making tons of money doing, you know, just little crap. Yeah, but but then are we gonna come into a world where that's all there is is like these free to play battle royales? Because there's also that's it's not the whole market. But if, no. if that's where all the money is, are they gonna focus on it? Um, that is a scary question because you are pointing out a very important thing that a lot of these free to play games are making a lot more money than the old way to make a game. An old way to make a game is you build it and you sell it for maybe, you know, 60 bucks or whatever it is, but you only make that money off the front end. You you, you are hoping that you're going to break even or or obviously make a profit off it. That's what you're really trying to intend to make. But you're hoping that you sell uh, maybe 100,000 copies and then you are in the black and you can start making a new game again. But uh, it appears that the model that makes a lot more money than just simply producing a game and selling it is produce a free-to-play game and then sell all of the content inside of it. For instance, all the cool skins, all the cool guns, all the cool stuff that you like and want, we are going to pick away at your wallet on a constant basis and sometimes sell you astronomical uh, uh prices on stuff that is just a skin have you heard about so valorant is a new free-to-play game and uh, it's a really big deal right now on twitch everyone's uh, checking it out and valorant had uh, a skin pack for uh, all of your guns and like your knife and stuff like that so it's i don't know it's maybe like uh, five skins maybe six at maximum 
they were selling it for almost $300. What? Yes. Almost $300. And there's some buffoons out there that are, that are willing to buy it. And it has to do with um, basically look at meism. Like, I, yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah. Because the only time you're ever going to see something that crazy is when you is someone who's rich enough to be able to afford that. And it's a, it's really about like a status item. Like I have this not because I'm good. Cause that's how games used to be. You would be able to look at a person and realize that guy is a legend. That guy is really good at this game. That guy is, you know, uh, been playing this game from the beginning or, or cause he has this certain item on him. So that, that shows he's been from a different era or whatever. Whereas now it's, that person has got a shitload of money and likes to burn it on virtual items. I mean, it's a free market. People can do what they want, but I guess we can just sit back and look at them like they're crazy. Right. Right. Uh, and I mean, I th- would, you, would you leave that money on the table? I mean. Oh, no, no. If I, if I was a game producer, I understand the situation. If you're looking at the trends, the trends say I need to make. A, a multiplayer online universe game that is free and then I then have my team constantly coming up with new little gimmicks and gadgets to put into the game and then sell those and then I can make billions of dollars. They can make a ton more money than I ever could have ever imagined making uh, by selling the game. I can sell just the little tiny pieces and parts inside of the game and just literally make billions of dollars instead of maybe $20 million or something. I, so I miss, I miss racing games. Sure. Um, one of my favorites is like the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit franchise where you can pick up, you know, you can be a cop, you can be a, a standard race car. You pick a car, you might be able to upgrade it, but it's not like Forza upgrading. It's just here's level one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And then you pick a racetrack and you race. Like that. It's all I want. And no one does it anymore. But like mm-hmm. all I can think of is okay, well, what if you're gonna start making these free to play versions of these like racing games? So I'm assuming they're gonna make it like underground where you drive around but then it's like I, I don't you know I don't want my racing games to be social media like flaunting because that's what that kind of is like that's what you're talking about is yeah you're paying a skin three hundred dollars so that you can flaunt it around absolutely that that's yeah. really what it feels like there might be two different ways that they're going to be running with with these uh, uh, racing games going forward and the one is. They're going to try to make it uh, a big world, a big map that is a multiplayer online version of a racing game. So everyone's all on the same map at the same time, or at least, you know, they might have multiple servers, but you understand what I'm saying. They're going to have maybe yeah, hundreds like, of cars. Yeah. All on the Forza same map. Horizon. Yeah, exactly. Forza Horizon, for instance. They're all on the, the map at the same time. And then they're still at that point. I mean, going forward, I'm sure they're going to start dropping the prices out from underneath the original game so to either make it free, flat out free, or make it real cheap so that they can get you into the game. And then once they got you into the game, that is where they're going to make all their money. Um, and then when it comes to the other way 
it's going to be about like collecting. So for instance, there's this game right now on a Nintendo Switch that you and I both downloaded for free. And it's all about uh, collecting new cars or collecting pieces for those cars. And you can either do it the long, hard way, which takes forever. They have got like the grind turned all the way up. And it can take you a very long time to unlock any cars. Or a much simpler way, you just pay me and I'll give you whatever you want. What game was that? Do you remember? Ah, I forget the name of it. It was originally an Android game. Yes. Uh, yeah, I forgot the name of it too. I did download it. Yeah, it's on my system right now, and I do enjoy it. I think it's a fun game. I got. I'm not going to complain too much about it. Uh, I have decided I'm not going to pay them any money, and I'm just going to continue to grind away, have a fun. They're very short races. They're maybe only like 30 seconds long sometimes, maybe like three minutes at max. Uh, so you can get in and out real quick. If they're real good uh, pooping games, you can just go <laughs> sit down on the toilet and uh, play a couple races and get up and go. But you poop that fast? Uh, no, no, I don't. But you know what I'm saying. Like if you can, you can just pick it up <laughs> on the fly at any moment, race a couple races, and then just you know move about your day. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So. What are some of the biggest co-op games that you remember playing? I think, you know, and we've already covered Halo, but I would say Halo and, and Call of Duty, like the old Call of Duties. Like, for instance, like the World of War ones. Those old Call of Duty games and the old, well, I take, I'll take all that all back. The biggest multiplayer couch co-op game I've ever played for the longest period of time and had, I think, the largest impact on a generation has got to be uh, GoldenEye. Oh, did you play Perfect Dark then as well? Yeah, I played Perfect Dark, but it didn't it didn't have the impact on me that uh, GoldenEye did. It, it to me, it felt just a copycat of GoldenEye, just with a a new skin and new weapons and stuff like that. Which yeah. I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have a problem with it for that reason. I just it didn't. Uh, I already had the game that I liked a lot, and this was another kind of very mimicky game. So I was like, ah, it's it's cool, it's fine, but I'm already playing the one I like a lot. I don't know. I think the hard. I have very fond memories of like Goldeneye, a little bit of Perfect Dark, um, and then just a lot of Nintendo sixty four. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have one, so it was a lot of like friends' houses. So there's a lot of like good memories of that, um, which make which is why I bought a 64, um, so that I can play at home and hopefully get my sure. kids to dig it. But like, the crazy part is when I went back and played Goldeneye when I bought the cartridge, yeah, um, it just plays so fucking weird because the joystick, yeah. Um, yep. But you get used to it. It's not like it's that bad. But um, it, your memories, and one of our mutual friends talked about how he will never play old games because of this reason. Mm-hmm. Your memories are so positive that you forget how and what it's like to play a game back then. And like 64 is a perfect example where it, there's no dual joystick. So like you go back and play and it's like, how the hell did I play this game so yes. good when the yep. controls are so crap? Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, we went from a standard joypad to that. So it was like, it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you went, when you got to the PS2 era with the dual, the dual joysticks on everybody's console, well, I guess Dreamcast didn't, but um, I don't, I, I think, I think you're right. I think Halo, Gears, and then 64. Cause I kind of skipped everything else. And like, there's other co-op games like on Sega and stuff, but it just, and, and I guess part of it is confusing. Like Twisted Metal wasn't really co-op, but I remember playing a boatload of it. Another real big, and this is still within the Nintendo, which is odd. I mean, not odd, but uh, kind of a, a big point is that uh, still on the Nintendo 64 was Star Fox. Star Fox was such a big deal in my life. And the couch co-op aspect of me playing against my friends in like their their multiplayer modes, uh, we played those forever. I mean, I, I played the story over and over again as well. I don't remember off the top of my head if the story mode is couch co-op. Is it? Do you remember? Uh, that I have no idea. I've actually really never played Star. Okay, but for sure the multiplayers were all couch co-op because online did not exist back then. And you could do the four squares. Uh, and it was a, such a big deal for me and my friends. So there was that. And then one more big one is uh, the Mario Karts. The Mar- I mean, those are racing games. But I think racing games have a lot of times been able to rely on couch co-op. And I don't know if that'd be co-op. It'd be like battle. But it was, yeah, like in per- in person, like couch play. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Yeah, co-op is the wrong word, but but couch play, yeah. And maybe maybe that's more of us talking like in-person multiplayer on one console kind of thing. I don't know what you call that, but right. Um, but man, um, it this makes me really want to fire up the sixty-four. <laughs> no, I know it does. No, again, they won't be able to live up to our memories of it. That's the problem. So the funny part is there was. Um, Nintendo trademarked a 64 controller and so everybody like a little icon of it so everybody flipped out on the internet thinking that a Nintendo 64 classic console was coming out Um, it hasn't come out yet they said that it's not going to come out Um, part of that's because a lot of the good 64 games are rare games and rare is the Microsoft property now Oh, Um, so it'd be a lot of work to get those licenses approved you know, they could release like a Nintendo only version, but then there's a bunch of like um, issues with ROM emulation and speed of 64 ROMs. But part of me was like, uh, also heard rumors of 64 games on the Switch. And it's like, well, why couldn't you do that? And you could even update the controls mm-hmm. um, to use the C, C buttons as a joystick. Yeah. Especially for like Mario 64. So there's a rumor that, you know, Mario's. 75th birthday or whatever hell it is is soon and so they're going to release not 75th maybe 50th or whatever but they're going to release a um mario 64 for the switch sure so that would be exciting like the potential 64 games coming out for the switch all right steve you've blabbered on way too much about co-op play and we we understand (laughs) you like playing with others Uh uh-huh after the coronavirus we can you know co-op play together you and you? us, you you and us, you and me. Maybe maybe we should have like a sixty four night, and we'll just yeah. lay the smackdown on Marshall. Yeah, there we go, and have maybe invite over like Dan or something like that. And I have a whole big uh, gameplay thing. 
Oh, dude, that'd be so much fun. Oh, could you Twitch mm -hmm. that? If we can, if we can get like a sixty-four with a HDMI out. Yeah, as long as we got an HDMI out, we can throw it on a, a capture card and send that right through Twitch. Totally. Okay, I, I've been wanting to do the HDMI mod to my sixty-four, so maybe we can make that happen. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's all um, we would need is we would need an HDMI. Okay, that'd be sweet. I think it'd be fun to like once a month kind of do some throwback, just fun stuff. Just you get drunk, you play some stupid games you remember when you're little, and but you have to do it in person. Like that's the whole that's half the fun part of talking crap. Absolutely. Well, agreed. That's how our memories are. Okay. Well, we'll drink Corona beer to keep the Corona alive. <laughs> Um, Sounds. Sounds it was good. kind of fun to talk about one thing the whole time, so maybe we'll have to do this again with another topic. Uh, if you have a topic you think of, write into flippin and mashing at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Oh, we're still not on Facebook. No, we're still outlaws out here. <laughs> we're still the only <laughs> podcast to be banned by Stern Pinball. <laughs> I, I don't know how I don't know how to wrap this up. I've never wrapped it up before. All right, we'll tell you what. I think that covers it. The best way to reach us is through the email, which Parnell just said. So we will talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye-bye now.